11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Ike Opara. Ike, how's it going? It's going well. Doing all right. Yourself? It's going good. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, you know, I've got a little bit of time on my hands now, so uh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's kind of a weird, weird time uh, right now in the world. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, let's uh, actually, before we get into your soccer career, what, what are your... Um, takes on you know ML, mls getting postponed right now um do you think the season is gonna come back do you think it's not gonna come back what are your thoughts yeah um you know obviously i think it was the, it was the right choice and i don't i think it was a no-brainer that mm-hmm. you know we need to be suspended and we need to follow the, the cdc and world health organizations uh requests uh, of the period of eight weeks um and so i think that they uh they made a good decision in that regards um, you know, I think when it first happened, uh, it, it, it's crazy really to think about, but, you know, we, we had just kind of come back to San Jose, which was one of those areas that was most affected. I just remember thinking, in retrospect, I don't even know how we played that game. So I would imagine that people would be erring on the side of caution. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I just, when it happens, uh, the first announcement, I, I thought to myself, I think we'll be lucky. Just my own personal opinion. We'll be lucky if we're back. You know, by June, uh, July would probably be my guess just off of, you know, how I've seen things and what people have said. But, um, you know, I'm sure the league is well prepared for, you know, whatever uh, they decide when it happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping that sports come back in general and hopefully June. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But obviously, you know, Caring for your communities and whatnot are, is more important than you know yeah. than, than practically anything around right now. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now going back um, in time a little bit, how how did you get involved playing soccer? For me, it was pretty simple Nigerian background, um, and so it was you know it's the world the world's game soccer for sure, but definitely Nigeria as well. And um, you know all of my siblings kind of played it. And, um, you know, I just kind of followed suit and never felt forced or anything like that. Uh, but it was one of the main sports that I kind of played when I was younger. It, it just was the one that I've enjoyed the most. Um, so definitely from my family background, I think is what led me that direction. Gotcha. And I always ask, um, when players come on, did you play high school and, uh, did you get to play club or you weren't allowed to play club if you were playing high school or vice versa? Yeah, I was. I was allowed to do both. Um, 
I, I was probably in that last little generation, few years that were allowed to do both before that shift kicked in. So I had a great time doing it. Um, and you know, I, yeah, I wish that it wasn't so specific these days, but you know, from my own personal experience, I was able to do both and enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure. I like, yeah, that's what I think. I think like nowadays I feel like kids are kind of missing out, like playing with their high school teammates and like their pairs basically of they see every day at school. Oh, for sure. And I mean, even with, with other sports and, you know, having to specialize in, in soccer, which is fine. I mean, I understand that in some cases some people sports better for others, but you know, there are some out there that probably would like to do multiple, multiple sports. And, um, unfortunately, especially with the Academy, you're, you're very boxed in, um, into sticking with the soccer route, mm-hmm. you know? And so, whether that's right or wrong, that's, you know, I'm sure everyone has an opinion. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, it was a time in my life that I was glad that I was able to experience, be able to do, you know, more things than just club soccer. Yeah. Was there any other sports that you played growing up? Yeah. So I was soccer, baseball, and basketball. And as I got a little older, especially in high school, I dropped baseball. It was a little too slow for, you know, what I, what I was doing and, and what I wanted to do. So it was pretty much basketball and, and soccer you know, all the way up until really, and even after I made my decision that I was going to go to college and, and play soccer, I still played quite a bit before I, I decided to fully focus on just, you know, the soccer route. Gotcha. You think ba- you think basketball helped you in any way uh, in soccer? Oh, all of them. I mean, all the sports did in some, some way or another, even baseball, you can even go from as little as communication in all of these sports mm-hmm. um, to, you know, footwork, hand-eye coordination if need be, There's obviously foot-eye uh, foot coordination, uh, you know, just shuffling and basketball and footwork and pivoting. I mean, this is so many things that I, 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 especially with the crossover between basketball and soccer that I've carried over into soccer, um, timing of being able to, you know, a strong suit obviously of mine is leaps. Uh, but just to be able to do the timing and also different angles and different feet, um, that's just something I got from basketball. Um, so there's just so many things that I was able to, uh, to, to, to and, and actually for soccer-wise, it, it crossed over into basketball as well. So, um, you, know, it, it, you know, it made life a lot easier um, with that transition. Yeah, and then coming out of high school, what was your recruiting process like to college? Yeah, it was, uh, I had an interesting one just because I... Uh, you know, I'd always been in, in in a weird way overlooked. I was on a pretty good club team, but I would always seem to, you know, be be found on the accident by college coaches. You know, I'd have guys on our team getting big time, you know, or you know, looks from schools, and they would see me by accident and, and all of these kind of things. So, um, you know, I was actually going to go to Clemson by. Uh, you know, kind of one of those accidental things, you know, the, the coaching staff saw me, um, you know, they had targeted one of my teammates pretty hard and uh, they just, you know, kind of went after me and as well. Uh, and then I unfortunately went through my first injury. Um, and then, you know, from there, the in a weird way, everything got pulled. Um, and I didn't necessarily know it. And that was the weird part about it. So that was my sophomore year. I was pretty early, you know, wanting to go there. And so I was able to come back by the – pretty much I had to restart all over again after my junior year and senior year about to start. And so at that point, you know, a lot of 
club or a lot of universities, you know, had their rosters kind of filled or scholarship money kind of gone. And so I was kind of then really, you know, scraped at the bottom of the barrel at times. But luckily, you know, I had enough, you know, people who had seen me play before believed in me and, and I had some good recommendations from the club coaches. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it became kind of a local thing at that point. You know, I was, you know, Wake Forest, NC State, and Georgetown were kind of my, my final three. Um, but it was a very stop-and-start recruit. I, I don't think, you know, I, I played with a bunch of guys who, you know, were, were talented and, you know, their recruiting processes were a lot smooth, more smoothly than mine, smoother than mine. So, um, you know, I just had a – I, I kind of got lucky, you know, in a way. You know, Wake, Wake was just kind of looking to fill up the roster with a guy that they thought had a lot of potential. And I, uh, you know, right place at the right time, just being from North Carolina and the Durham area, that they, they kind of, you know, sought out and, and dedicated some time to, to reviewing, you know, my game. Yeah. Oh, did you say um, when you got injured, they took took your scholarship away? So in a way, it was they they had so you weren't even able to sign your national letter of intent yet. So what yeah. what had happened was they had told me the amount that they would have, you know, they would have given me. Um, and actually, it was assistant coaches who had done all of the recruiting. Mm-hmm. They, they they liked what they've seen. Uh, the weekend, I believe, before I was. Uh, going to go to the big tournament with the head coach to come down and see me, I actually got hurt in a high school game. So, so maybe that's why they don't let them play high school soccer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, I had to get surgery. I, I didn't play for a while. Um, and so the head coach was like, well, I haven't seen him yet. I, I like, I trust my assistants. I, I value my assistance. When you're healthy, I'll come down. I'll see you play. We'll, we'll have the scholarships still ready. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, if it all looks well, then, you know, we'll, we'll go through with this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, and you're all young and naive, maybe, and didn't understand that, you know, they could take that and you know, offer it to whoever or use that money for whoever else. So, you know, I should, I, I started to feel that, you know, as the process went along and you know, they would check in on me every couple of weeks. They went away every month, every two months, and then like kind of silent. Um, so I kind of knew by the end that something was off, especially when I say, Hey, I'm bad guys. And it then went to, uh, the tone switch pretty big to, yeah, sorry. We gave that away. Um, and at that point I actually really wanted to go to Clemson because I'd gone official, unofficial visits. And I said, listen, I'll walk on here if you guys will have me. And they, and they kind of said, you know, sadly, uh, we don't even have a spot in the roster for me, for you. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I went from having probably a scholarship, to not even being, you know, on the roster. So uh, it, that was my first experience of, with, uh, in a way, uh, you know, it's a, a business, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So um, it, it honestly provided me with a good learning experience, and I, and I wouldn't have. And I'm happy, obviously, with how everything's worked out since. Yeah, that's cra- I mean, that's yeah, that's crazy. So you like you said, I mean, you you pretty much went through two recruiting processes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and kind of like I said earlier, man, like I, uh, I, I, and people will never know that. Yeah, obviously, I had some good schools coming after me, but I was never a guy invited to all these big camps, or ODP, even like I was just, uh, I was just, you know, I felt pretty good for my club team, and you know, I always felt like I was never. 
know, kind of getting the respect uh, or the looks that I deserved, even though I had some of these big universities. I never really felt um, at that time like I was a priority or one of the higher priorities. Uh, and so that was one of the things that helped build a chip on my shoulder uh, from that age on. Gotcha. And yeah, going going into Wake Forest, uh, you had a great career there. Um, you won the Defensive Player of the Year twice and in the ACC. And then you guys won the national championship in 2007. So what was that like? Well, that was your freshman year, right? Yeah, that was my freshman year. Um, and it's also, again, I was I was part of a what, four or five in a recruiting class, probably the lower lowest rank of them all. Um, and, you know, I was supposed to redshirt that year. Uh, they were going to let me have time to – you know, just get used to the systems. I could refine my game, all these things, right? And, and then, you know, a week into the regular season, we'd lost four of our center backs, I believe, two to injury, actually three to injury. Um, and at that time, Julian Valentin was our captain, center back. He had just broken his, his ribs like the week or two before the first game. <laughs> uh, and so I, I travel. I travel with the team the first game of the year, which is pretty cool at that time. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm traveling with the team. I, I didn't expect any of this. I had kind of a rough preseason. <laughs> um, and then our starting, our, one of our center backs goes down. Maybe even two went down in the first game. It was like, it was crazy. So they kind of had no other option but to put me in, in a way. And as soon as I got into the game, I, I never looked back. I mean, it was I, I don't know if it was an out-of-body experience, but I had a really good showing. Started the, the next game two days later. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, Coach Jay, great coach, was, you know, he, he found a way to, you know, keep me in the lineup. And at that time, we had so many professional players. And Pat Phelan was a center back as well. So when our, when our captain, Julian Valentine, came back, they shifted Pat into the holding midfield role to try to keep me, you know, in the lineup. Um and so, you know, it all just took off from there. It really did. No one, myself included, could have expected, uh, you know, all that to happen. And then to go on and win a national championship and to be a big, big part of that. You know, I was, I'm, and still I'm on cloud now when I think about it because uh, with that group of guys, the amount of talent we had, the camaraderie, uh, you know, lose a lifetime friends still to this day. So, uh, you know, I can't, I, those experience I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's crazy. Just hearing your your story from the recruiting process to going freshman year to playing and then winning the national championship. That's like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then the, and then na- youth national team comes up. I'm on the youth twenties. I'm starting to be a, a staple in the youth twenties. Going to walk up. I mean, it all took off for me, and uh, in, in a in a way and that. And again, when I look back, I'm like, I don't understand how it happened. And for me, it was actually uncomfortable because that, you know, when I was, you know, looked at to do all these big things, at some point the narrative shifted, you know, that pressure. And I had never been in that position. You know, I had always been, you know, the hunter, you know what I mean? And so, and I was being the hunted. And I don't know if I was, if I had the, the mentality or the experience to handle that. Um, and it's all played a factor, you know, into, into today. And then what was your decision to leave college early to enter the MLS draft? Yeah. So, you know, everything started going pretty well. Um, because as I said, actually after my sophomore year, I had, uh, I had 
I had wanted to leave. I had, at that time, you know, been offered Jason Diaz, and I actually went as far as calling my college coach and saying, hey, I'm leaving. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then two days later, I called him back. Maybe actually, you know what happened? I think after I called him, I texted him maybe like that night, like, actually, I'm starting to rethink things. Because, <laughs> again, it all happened for me so fast uh, that just... Yeah, I always, I always had the dream of wanting to be professional, but I didn't. I didn't know what that looked like. You know, it wasn't like I did every single thing of preparation every single, for five years, like some of these guys these days, to be a professional. You know, it just kind of hit me out of left field. And you know, at that time, I was I was ready, but I wasn't. You know, so I, I wanted to make sure that I was fully prepared. And at that time, I was in a national team. The World Cup was coming up that fall summer. So you know, if, with a pretty good showing, you know, options would have been really uh, at that time being free uh, would have been um, you know available. And so there were a lot of things that went into that decision. And even I wanted to get another year of school. Um, I just I wanted to get another actually another semester, a little over semester, because some schools under my belt, and uh, you know, use that whole next year to kind of prepare mentally for okay, this is what you need to be. What we need to do to be a pro to step in right off the bat and to keep it going. Um, and so that's kind of what I did for that, that, that following year. But it was a, it wasn't easy that, uh, actually, but my junior year was easy because I kind of knew I'm prepared, but that sophomore year was tough to try to make a decision. And that, that class had, you know, Sakawani, Omar Gonzalez, Sam Cronin. So there were, uh, a lot of guys who were, you know, who had, who had successful careers. And, um, so. Yeah, and then uh, could you take me through what the draft process like was like, and um, like, did you work out for any teams pre-draft? So I did not. Um, you know, my draft was at that point was Danny Mwanga was taken number one, and actually, I think he was one of the first people who never ended up going to the draft because Philly said, "Don't come, we're taking you number one." Uh, so actually, the draft started to change a bit in those few years with. With, you know, agreements, um, you know, I think a lot of guys, especially, and I'm not sure if that was the, the, the era, but within that mid-2010 decade, a lot of college guys would train with MLS teams in the summer, whether it be for experience and MLS teams for numbers and all that. So there was a lot of teams that, you know, had, um, you know, pretty good um uh, you know, reports on, on players. And, but for me, it was a little bit different because I was you know, on a national team at that point. And, uh, you know, enough teams that really had seen me play. Whereas there were some other guys who um, I think had a more extensive process in their in their, in their draft. And what, what did it mean to you to get drafted um, third overall by the San Jose Earthquake? Um. Yeah, obviously it was a special day. You know, it was a surreal moment being on the stage. Obviously being a sports fan, seeing drafts of all types in the NBA, um, you know, you've always seen what, you know, what it looks like. And so to, to have had that experience of being on stage with the commissioner, uh, you know, putting on the scarf shortly thereafter a hat and going through the press and media, it was like, you know, it was a cool day to experience really the first uh, of that of, of of that kind that I had gotten to experience, so um, you know my family was there, and that was 
think it was in Philadelphia, so they got the you know, get pretty easily with it. Well, uh, for the drive, but um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a cool day. And then what, what was your first MLS game like? <laughs> I, I actually just told someone the story not too long ago. My first MLS game was like I, I we played Salt Lake at home. Javi Javi Morales scored an absolute banger the first goal of the of the, of, the, of my professional career from like the left sideline cut in maybe hit it with like a half volley into the corner from 30 out maybe uh, we got a red card and then and then Javi Morales scored another free kick or scored a free kick and outside the box 25-ish out and banged it again into the corner I'm thinking to myself professional soccer is going to be the hardest thing in the world <laughs> I, said, I don't know. If, I, said, I, said, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I, if this is what it's like, there's no way. We lost, I think we lost three zero, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I'm not gonna make it. This is it. Like one game in, I'm done. I, I just couldn't believe how how difficult that game was, uh, and how skilled everyone was, how fast it was, because it's another level up in preseason. Um, and so I just remember thinking, this is just this ain't gonna be for me. I won't. I won't last very long here. <laughs> um, that's crazy but, <laughs> it, is, but it, it turned around quickly because uh, in the next two games uh, we won and I scored a head on each in each game so uh, I don't know it was first impression wasn't good <laughs> but it, it turned around really quickly <laughs> yeah going going to your first goal did you get to um, keep the ball I did yeah I did get to keep the ball and actually uh, another wild funny crazy story is the guy, Darius Barnes, he was marking me on the corner, and Darius and I played in the same club team. He was year up. And we had played with, with each other at times growing up, but mostly, you know, he's in a different age group, but we were in the same club team or club and so organization. So we, we knew who each other was. We were, we were friends. We played each other. He went to Duke. I went to Wake. So we always kind of had this battle. And then he's the guy that I get to score my first ever uh, career goal on. So, um, you know, uh, maybe I should shoot him a text to remind him of that. It's probably one of those days, about the time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so you played three years for the earthquake, then um, you got traded to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, what, what was that like to get? What was that experience like to get traded? So yeah, my my time in San Jose didn't go necessarily well. I mean, to be to be completely honest, and I said this many you know, many times. You know, I, I, there was a lot of things that you know took place there and um you know just you know it wasn't meant to be and so at that time it was my at an option year and it was a pretty high number and uh they had wanted to bring me back and i was like no i'm not coming back i'm not coming back. if i'm going to take less i'm going somewhere else and uh you know i think that they thought i was bluffing but i was as dead serious as i could have been i was like yeah let me just pick up my option you know i'm, I'm not going to come back and so i went to the first re-entry draft and didn't get selected, which I didn't expect to. And then right before the second Ranger draft, a couple of teams call San Jose to trade for my right, or want to trade for my rights. And Sporting was one of them. And, you know, San Jose was like, okay, well, you know, if you're going to take less, we'll still offer you more, a little bit more. And I was like, listen, no, I just don't want to come back. <laughs> I was like, I just don't, I don't want to come back. Like, if I'm going to take less, I'm going to take less, I'm going to leave. Um, and so I, when... No, I heard Sporting was one of the teams. I uh, I immediately jumped out of uh, everything about what Peter 
you know, kind of said and his beliefs and uh, just how I had heard good things. I mean, everything, it just made sense. So, you know, in, in, at that time, Peter said, Peter said uh, you know, this is the contract we're going to offer you. If you accept it, we'll trade your rights right now. I said, all right, screw it, let's do it. Um, and so it was kind of, you know, in a weird way, uh, I got, I didn't really get the pick, but I, I, I didn't have to leave it to chance in the range draft because a bunch of teams at that point were like, oh, yeah, we'll see if he's around and da 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 And at that point, you know, especially with Peter, it was one of the, it was one of the maybe two certain. And I said, you know what, let's just do it. Um, and, it and it ended up working out for, for all parties, I think. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like stuff just kept on working out and then you you won the MLS Cup your first year with them. So what was that like? (laughs) Um, again, another one of those, you know, to, to be a part, especially that group in retrospect, um, that core, I'm glad that we got to win and I'm glad that they got to win with, because that core, and, and I guess I can say I'm a, I'm a part of it, building that culture and everything sporting, um, you know, deserve to win an MLS cup just from the dedication, the, 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 attitude, you know, the staff down, the organization down with the rebrand, the fan base. I mean, honestly, it was the perfect storm. Everything hit at the right time. And uh, to be able to host it at home, I think that was like the, maybe the second year that we got to do, or the second year of the highest point total hosting the final. And so we were, uh, you know, able to do that. And, uh, you know, doing it at home was just, even though the game was freezing, um, and I didn't actually play in the game, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was still, uh, I actually got in the hot tub at halftime because it was that cold, just in case I had to go in. Um, but it was just, man, one of those moments that, in a, what, 10 rounds of PK shootout, you, you know, it's like, it's almost false, you know, a false reality of, uh, this can really happen. So it was it was cool and another surreal moment. Yeah, now I gotta ask, which which one was sweeter, win the MLS Cup or the NCAA championship? Um, and they're both great in their own way. And normally I would have said for sure MLS Cup, but man, it's tough to rank trophies because you win them at certain different times in your life, uh, and they all feel like. You're on Clyde Nine every time. Um, oh, I don't know, man. It's even. It's even. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I played in the MLS Cup, I, it, it would probably be the MLS Cup for sure. Um, the college one is—it's just—it's a dip. Yeah, I don't know. It's—it's it's different. It's different. But but it's not as easy as, as I as I would have thought before you asked me that question. To be honest. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's also, I'm pretty sure it's pretty rare to have an MLS Cup in a national championship, which is obviously harder to win a national championship, I'd say, because you only have four years to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in that regard, for sure. Um, and, and we, 
before the before I got to Wake the year before they went to the Final Four they lost the semis then the next then that first year we won and then the next two years when I was there we got to the Final Four again both years so four straight Final Fours and they only got one national championship <laughs> yeah that's uh, tough. so yeah and it's the only one in history to date so and and they've been a couple times since to you know Final Fours and championships and just lost uh, so I guess that I have that uh, you know part of history whereas you know sporting or KC you know they've got a few MLS Cups but you know it's hard to pick a championship over the other but I guess if I had to no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do it I'm not going to devalue any of them (laughs) (laughs) I I like it stay safe Uh, yeah what what it means to you to be named um, one of the best 11 and the defensive player of the year last year and 2017 um it was obviously, you know, I've always wanted to keep my name in that discussion. And I think and I've always had ability, even when I was in LA and things that go well, but, you know, I'd always had this belief in myself. And, um, you know, I just never you know, thought that I had, the, you know, the health uh, on my side for prolonged periods of time. But, you know, I thought when I was in, especially Kansas City on, I'd always performed and I'd you know, done a really good job. And I thought that, you know, I was one of the better defenders. Um, you know, in MLS, but, you know, until you're able to do it consistently, you know, kind of doesn't mean anything. Um, but, you know, I just come over a couple of injuries, uh, you know, back-to-back years. And so at that point, you're questioning your career and soccer and all those good things. And, um, you know, to come back and win it was kind of, well, it was gratifying for myself for sure. But I felt, you know, finally, um, you know, this, this, reward to the doctors the physical trainers the organization my friends and family wife people who you know committed all this time um you know and and supported me in this journey and you know they all played a factor in that and where i am and i i had looked at it you know in that perspective that's that's the coolest part about it all this you know i bring the people along who, you know, who've been there with me. Even the guys, I talk about club soccer, the guys, you know, who, who, who carpooled and whose families would drive me around. I mean, it was a, it was really a kind of a community, um, you know, effort as to why I'm here. And, uh, you know, to see it all turn around these last handful of years has been the coolest part, I think. Yeah, what, what do you think, like, what do you think it's been like, it seems like, it seems like you're getting better with age, I guess you'd say. <laughs> I, it is. It is weird, right? Um, I think experience has helped. Uh, I know my body. I know what you know what's needed um, in the daily recovery-wise and the session. Um, you know, I've seen so many repetitions now of games, and I like to watch them less as a fan, and I like to watch as you know as a scout. So I I pick up on tendencies really well. Um, and just being able to adapt, um, you know, throughout a game. And, and, and so, um, you know, I just have been a lot smarter um, in, in, in that regards. The last handful of years of the preparation that I take now is, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a 24-7 thing, um, you know, and as much as, you know, I'm now trying to shift to more of a life balance, it's still tough to do um, when the season hits. But, uh, you know, I can't uh, – it's weird how, you know, as I've gotten older, everything just, it just clicked. And it's, uh, 
it's not because of luck. I think it's just because I've been preparing for, you know, these moments. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have a trophy room? Uh, I do actually. <laughs> well, it's, it's more like a, uh, it, it, it's in a room, but it's more like a shelf, shelves, uh, table kind of thing. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta see a me, picture me of it. Oh, it's me and my wife's accomplishments, to be fair. She, she's an athlete in her own right and uh, has a lot of uh, medals in her respective sport. So it's kind of our thing. But she, uh, she's she been hating that a little bit the last couple months about how I'm starting to overtake the table a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and then, yeah, going back to your career, um, I know you got traded again last, it was last January. Um, so what, what was that like? getting traded for a second time and what, like, what was the difference then? Well, this one was, you know, it came down to a little bit of, you know, a salary dispute, but you no, know, it just came down to a great offer that, you know, sporting received, um, you know, and then a great opportunity that I received to come to Minnesota with a team that needed, you know, a bit of an injection. And I was a part of a, a handful of guys that would come in or were brought in to come in, um, and bring a responsibility, uh, expectation of, accountability, talent, all of the above. Um, and so it was a whole new challenge. You know, sporting was kind of type A. This is the way I like to describe it. You know, it, it was set, set in stone with, you know, how things are done. And coming to Minnesota, you know, we we had a couple, we had two terrible years, really, uh, the years before. And so everything was kind of, you know, fluid and trying to figure out exactly, you know, who we are as a club, where we want to go. And to be a part of that turnaround, was really cool. Um, and, you know, it gave me another kind of rejuvenation. And not that I really needed it, but, you know, you come in with a different mentality when you're going from a, uh, you know, a pretty successful set and stone organization to one that's up and coming and trying to build. Uh, there's a level of attentiveness and focus that's needed that maybe wouldn't have been as much supporting. So, uh, and patience, to be fair. I mean, there were times that it was frustrating. Um, trying to get, you know, whatever it be, you know, because I would have thought, you know, it should be further along. But that's just part of the challenge. And, you know, I was able to grow in uh, a, way, a lot of ways off the field. Um, so, you know, it was, it was cool. And then to have the year we had, with, again, another fan base, great fan base, stadium, an organization that's, you know, wanting to win and we're learning how to do all these things now. And, um, you know, it was, it was cool. It, 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 it was a definitely another... Uh, you know, kind of proud moment, you know, in 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 my what seems crazy career. <laughs> yeah. Then what what is it like to put on the uniform for the USA? So at that point, you know, I was like, finally things come full circle. You know, I had been on the youth national teams. You know, I had actually gotten you know a call up after uh, 2011, maybe. Uh, I just got off of my parcel, so I couldn't even attend the camp. And then, you know, played, got injuries, played, had injuries, all of these things, finally played again, finally, you know, got the call up um, again. And, you know, being able to, to have kind of complete, completed the cycle was cool. And, you know, it was at a time, unfortunately, where we had just missed out on the World Cup and, uh, you know, the program was in flux and a lot of these things. And, uh, but to just, you know, to be able to at least say I've done it, um, I can at least, you know, take that with me, uh, whether, you know, I want more or not, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't look at it that way, but, um, 
you know, I, I can't, you, you can't ever underestimate, you know, the, the feeling and value and importance of, you know, being able to represent, you know, you know at, at the national team level. Yeah, definitely. Are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Let's go. Let's do them. I bet they're going to be uh, actually, who knows? I don't know what to expect to Quincy. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, what, what's the most important skill or quality that you feel has helped you been successful as a pro player? I think, man, attention, attention to detail, I think has been my biggest because I'm able to pick up, you know, a lot of things, especially uh, quickly, um, whether that be technical, tactical, leadership wise. Um, and I think that just being able to lock in that way has been probably one of the biggest reasons why I'm in this position that I'm in today. Well, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Um, I think the biggest mistake is not knowing their bodies and not knowing what they need, um, to get better or to stay healthy or to recover. But that's, uh, you know, and a lot of it's experience, you know, we're not taught these things in school, really. We're not taught these things growing up. And so, you know, you don't, you're not really as prepared as you think. Um, until, you know, you get to this level. And at that time, you get to this level, then you're trying to figure it out on the fly and games are happening and, and all sorts of things. So I think that that's one of the big, uh, you know, challenges. What advice would you give to a young player trying to make a, the MLS or a pro league? Um, you know, trust your work. Trust, um, you know, trust what you're doing. I think a lot of times... And I think a lot of people are guilty of this, no matter you know, if you're young or not. But you know, you you, you do your workout, and then whatever someone posts a video or someone does something and tells you what they're doing, and then you feel like you're not doing enough, so you start to question what you're doing. Um, it's just you know a matter of trusting what you're doing, and you know at the end of the day, having no regrets about it because you know when whether you succeed or not, you'll look back and say, "I did what I needed to do. I did what I could." It just happened to be, or it didn't happen to be, because um, a lot of it's just opportunity. You know, right place, right time, um, right system, even right location. So, uh, you know, just kind of trust what you're doing, and uh, you know, also enjoy it. Really, it's, it's a process and a journey. What's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Uh, about myself, or just in general. Uh, you could take it however you want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, most people, um, man, that's tough. Um, I mean, I'll just keep it as simple as, you know, with, with soccer that, uh, that, you know, missing a pass or missing a goal or a shot or whatever it be was easy. Okay. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that also go into, you know, complete a pass or a shot or, or whatever it be. Like, you know, I, I see people talk about how could you miss that chance from you know, six yards out or whatever. And I'm like, 
they just have no idea how right. it could happen. It happens to everyone at some point in time or another. Um, it's not as easy as it looks all the time. For sure, but, for sure. Uh, what, what's something that you'd move forward with if you weren't scared of the consequences? Um, I don't know. <laughs> is this soccer related or is it life related? <laughs> it, could be, um, it could be either or. Either or. I'll stay, I'll stay with them soccer then. Um, I think I think I'm a pretty I have a, a bit of a personality on social media, uh, but there are times that I just really want to get reckless. Um, <laughs> but I know I can't. But I know I can't. Uh, so I think that that's uh, because uh, yeah, I think that that's my uh, that's the one. But I I, I do stretch the the limit sometimes. But I've got more in my tank. I just don't show it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, you you completed you successfully completed the Quincy questions. Nice, love it. All right, you ready for some off the pitch questions? Yeah. Um, what made you want to start your own podcast? So I had a podcast the uh, so with you twenty eighteen right for the sporting with Sam McDowell the beat writer, but that podcast was more social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably did it for about two months before, you know, I got traded in the next year. Um, and so, you know, I, I had done a podcast. So I was a little familiar with, with it a bit, but, uh, it started randomly when Benny and Sal started their podcast at that time, BS the podcast. Um, and I was kind of half joking. Like I didn't get my invite. Like, why can't I, why can't I be on the show? Like, let's do this thing. And Benny was like, yeah, I'm bringing you on, uh, and that was the second ever guest. So after that, he, he, at some point during that episode, he said, we got to find a way to you know, get me on full time. And so then I joined the third episode. And, uh, you know, from there, we, it's now become BSI, the podcast. But we had, uh, we just did it for fun. We wanted to just provide entertainment, you know, insight into our world, you know, stories that, you know, fans have never heard and would never hear, to, you know, because we're all in it together, right? We've all been athletes. We're not really trying to roll people on the bus. We're just trying to have a good time. And, uh, you know, if a reporter asks you some of the questions that I ask or Ben or Sal ask, you, you wouldn't answer that. They would, they would never dare to ask those questions, first off. But it would be like, okay, if they did, there's an ulterior motive behind that. So if you got an answer, it would be cliche or whatnot. So what we've done is just try to make this thing authentic and genuine and, uh, you know, it, it's kind of amazing to look back at, you know, those first few episodes <laughs> to now where it is. Um, you know, it's been pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel you on that too, just going back because I have uh, my own podcast as well. And just going back to like listen to it and then I'm like, all right, wow, like those ones were bad. <laughs> like now it got, it got <laughs> yeah. better, <laughs> progressively better. Yeah, for sure. For sure, but and, and the only I think we all have a good rapport with each other. But every guest we bring on is different. Mm-hmm. Some are storytellers, like Alan Gordon, Grella Wando. Some are uniqueness. You know, Emily Sonnet when she came on, we provided into to the World Cup. You know, what she was attending to. Uh, we, we bring on quiet people or some quiet people, such as Darlington Nagby last episode. So everyone's got their own personalities within. But it, I think there's a little bit of something for everybody, especially for fan bases of. You know, a player who's played in any other markets. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting sometimes when I record too, when I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that was really short. But then I'm like, but there was so much information in the short amount of time that it was like, great. And then some of them yeah, like, some of sure. them are like too long. And then some of them I'm like, all right, that was long and it, and it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, uh, it's, been, it's, been, I mean, we, we love the engagement too with, you know, mm-hmm. with, with our listeners and, you know, that's actually, you know, I, I'm not, except for that, I'm not, I wasn't huge on social media, but now it's maybe become, you know, more engaging with, you know, random DMs of, of listeners and, and whatnot. So it's actually a pretty good, you know, way community, uh, of connecting mm-hmm. with, you know, cause we, we like to bring it, you know, down to, we're all humans. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're no different really than anyone else. Uh, we just have different, different experiences and different stories that maybe people want to hear about. But, mm-hmm. uh, so it's cool to connect with people in, in different ways when, you know, they reach out to, you know, the podcast. Yeah, for sure. And just a few more, um, who would you want to do a Jersey exchange with that you haven't done yet? So I usually only like to do Jersey exchanges with fan or with, with, uh, with players or friends that I, that I've, that I know I've played with. However, I'm starting to think about changing, um, that, that, that perspective. Uh, I actually saw a good tweet from my good, uh, friend, Moby Okugo. He, he said his biggest regret was not, taking the jersey exchanges seriously and it's it, it's funny because it's true and it hit me at a time where i actually thought that's the first game of the year we played portland i'm like man I should, and it didn't hit me till after the game I'm like man i wish i would have traded jersey with diego valeri great player in this league legend for portland all of these things and i'm like and, I, and i've met Diego a few times um but i wouldn't necessarily say we're friends you know kind of thing we're definitely acquaintances and uh but you know i think that that was when i started to think okay maybe i should start the trade with you know, with people who uh, I I don't I don't know, uh, but who I whose game and talent I respect. Um, so, to your question, I guess long way. If I had to choose one right now, um, I got Velas because he came on our podcast, so that was pretty cool. Um, I think it would, you know I think it would be I think it would be Joseph. Um, Martinez respect his game, obviously, if Saturday's hurt. Uh, but he's one of those guys that I, when I'm playing, you know, Atlanta, I, I, I get into a mode, you know, 48 hours before the game. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in, ready to, to go to war, you know, against them. And that's just how much I respect his talent his game. I mean, the guy is uh, close to a maniac, as you can be, you know, wanting to score goals. Um, and so, you know, trying not to let him, you know, is, is one of my uh, – you know, challenges. Gotcha. And then last one, uh, what do you like to do in your downtime? So recently, um, you know, I've been, I've been since our podcast, actually, you know, just listening to the podcast, whether it be sports or, or, or general sociology or, or whatever it be history. That's been, you know, one of my you know big hobbies lately and that reading. And I've just picked up trying to learn the ukulele, um, and it's actually going, it's going better than I would have thought. So uh, those are my three things at the moment. Uh, you, uh, any books you're reading currently that are good? So I just finished uh, Judy Pickles in 19 minutes, and I just started Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, who I enjoy his podcast as well, um, Revisionist History. 
but uh, yeah, that's currently what I'm what I'm reading. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.